BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Hello, Melly Mel. What's that smell? Hey, DB. What's that? <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't mean to force you into rhyming. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Attempted <did>. rhyme. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what that smell is. Ooh. It's cannabis. Oh, that's never a bad yeah, thing. Our guest today gets so high, I can already smell it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> have you ever met Ngayo? I forget. I think I've been like on a show or two, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see great. if he remembers you. <laughs> might be might be a two-way street. Uh, anyway, com- comedian Ngayo Bilam is going to be here, and he's a regular over on, you know, my other podcasts. And you can find him at Ngayo, N-G-A-I-O 420 on the socials. Socials. And um, <laughs> this should be a... This should be a funny and chill chat. Woohoo! You ready it. for it? Yeah, buddy. It's Thursday, July 22nd, 2021. Let's go to work. Hello, Ungayo. Hello, Doug and Doug. That was hey, a hey. thrilling, thrilling theme song. I really thought you were maybe going to go with like a Primus parody, like too many doggies <laughs> with oh, blunts in their hands. Now, this is an original song that uh, I commissioned, and uh, we make people listen to it, even though we could just put it in and post. Um, <laughs> It just gives us a little uh, energy at the top of the show, but we don't necessarily need that today because even though he smokes a shit ton of cannabis, Mr. Ungayo Bilam is one of the more energetic individuals. Thank you. That's a metric always, shit ton. Yeah. And you're always <laughs> getting stuff done and, uh, you know, uh, doing comedy and advocating and uh, just uh, super busy, uh, fun. Stop me if I uh, if I'm getting this wrong. Uh, you know what? Sometimes I feel like I'm not doing enough, especially when I'm just sitting on the couch smoking weed, watching Burn Notice again. Uh, but then I look back at what I've accomplished over the month or the week, and I'm like, oh, you know what? That wasn't too bad. So, is it 
do you just watch Burn Notice because of because of the you know kind of the weed pun in the title, or do you you really like it? <laughs> I like Burn Notice. I think that the the lead guy who plays Michael Weston is an excellent actor. They ask him oh. to do a lot in that show, and he does a lot, and it's believable. And uh, who doesn't like to learn spycraft? See, I like a heist movie anyway, so every episode is like a little mini heist. So it's it's perfect for me. Yeah, but you you can rewatch them though. It sounds like. Uh, you know, um, I just finished uh, rewatching the whole thing uh, this last month, but I hadn't watched it in like four years. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, Bruce Campbell's a, a, a delight, of course. You can't go wrong with Sam yeah. Axe and his chin, Chuck Finley. And, and I love that uh, we both, that, or that you knew the character name, but not the actor who plays him. Uh, you know, and I see that guy and some other stuff every once in a while. I'm like, hey, that's Michael Weston. And I'm sure he would hate that. I don't know. I mean, because, you know, it's uh, it's no. hard to break through these days and have an iconic character that people sure. refer to by name. But that um, also probably keeps them from getting getting work for, you know, for a few years after the series. They're like, no, dude, you're Michael Weston. No one's going to believe you as the guy who runs the bank. <laughs> yeah. That, but now it's driving me crazy what the guy's name is. I want to say Martin something. Sure. Sure. Jeffrey Whatever. Donovan. Jeffrey what? Donovan. Jeffrey Donovan. Oh, there's another actor named Martin Donovan. There you go. Okay. All right. Um, how's it going in general right now, Ungayo? It's going all right, man. It's going all right. The depression has lifted. Um, I'm getting back out on the road a little bit, which is nice, although it's a little scary. I mean, I just played the uh, Oregon Hemp Fest in Oakland, Oregon. You didn't know Oregon had an Oakland, did you? You knew they had a Newport and you knew they had a Salem, but you didn't know they had an o Oakland. <laughs> And, uh, and they have a poor, I mean, they're, uh, <laughs> they're super into Oregon really was like, when it came to naming cities, they were like, let's just take ones that already exist. They, uh, there's not even new Oakland. Or there's Oakland some good North. Ones. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, let's just use all the ones that are in Springfield already. Yeah. <laughs> as they moved West, they just took the names with them. Uh, right. So right. what about, uh, what were you saying about it? <laughs> it's my favorite uh, dusty, licious hippie hemp fest. Really, uh, we oh, have okay. a good time out there. But here's the thing, though: when you're out there in West Central Oregon, some of the hippies are really more libertarian. So Ooh. you know, you wonder about masking and vaccines. Right. And if people are really taking it seriously, so I didn't really share any joints with anybody. Uh, right. All, all very German style smoking. I think that's the way to go from now on. It's just, you know, it's still a hang. You're still smoking. You can even share like buds and stuff, but like the passing around of a pipe just seems like a. But I miss, I miss passing the joint so know, much. Know, it's, it's such a social thing, right? It's fun. You know, there's going to be, um, you know, some entrepreneurs are going to come up with some things where you like stick something into something else and then pass it. Sure. So, like, I have a, a joint bong that I bring sometimes where I can yeah. just stick it into the bong there. And yeah, I, I like put that. my lips on the actual joint. Yeah. And, and then everybody goes, are, oh, what a fancy joint bong you have. Bongs are so much better than joints in terms of like just being able to clean in between each hit. You know, you could just take a little, uh, you know, wet wipe or whatever to it. Alcohol. 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 Yeah. A little yeah. alcohol. I was yeah. at a I was at a comedy show last night and there was a joint passed around and yeah it was it felt weird to get weird about it but I didn't take it but then it was passed over to this guy that I think was doing meth in the parking lot 
and he like smiled and had like no teeth. And then they just passed it right back. Like nobody knew him and he was out of his mind. And it was just such a weird, like, <laughs> is no one thinking about what's going on right now? Like, right. And back in the day, that wouldn't be a problem. If some random stranger showed up in your weed circle and took a couple hits, you'd be right. like, Hey man, welcome random stranger. This is what the circle is for. Yeah. It's a yeah. Quality. But now you're like, bro, I don't know you. What's that on your lip? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's a lot going on. It's right. Yeah. Hit that shit chillum style. Don't just put your whole mouth on it. Don't be out here honky lipping my doobies, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just not, I'm just not going to mess with it. I'll even run. I'll even turn and run if somebody tries too hard to pass it because I just don't want to stand there. (laughs) I don't want to have to stand there saying no, saying no to marijuana seems so, you know, counterintuitive. You just turn and run. Yeah, it's passive aggressive, but it's funny, and that's the important (laughs) thing. That's kind of your whole act. Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) Growing up, Ungayo. I mean, as far as we talk to people about their names on this show, and you know, we've certainly had unusual ones, but I I don't think either of us two Dugs have ever known another uh, Ungayo. So it's very uh, very unique. What's What's your take on it? Uh, it is very unique. I'm the third most popular Ungayo in the world, according to Google. Um, <laughs> Who are the top which two? Is, which is not hard to do. Uh, <laughs> Nio Marsh. We're going by spelling and not pronunciation. So Nio okay. Marsh is the old New Zealand mystery author who's been dead for a trillion years. Uh-huh. Not that long, but for a long time. And yeah. then um, uh, Nio State Park in New Zealand. So if you're in New Zealand, Nio, uh, also spelled N-G-A-I-O, is a Maori word. And if there's a tree and a flower and a park, and it is not uncommon for a few women and a couple dudes to be named that. Um, but if you're in America, Ungayo, which is an Americanization of a Kikuyu name, meaning hunger, and I've amended it to say hungry for knowledge, because every time I say, they go, what's your name mean? And I go hungry and they go, what are you hungry for? And so uh, knowledge was, <laughs> was the nerdiest one. You can say money, but then it makes you seem kind of super greedy. Uh, so now I say knowledge. But now that I'm older, I'm like, they probably could have named me hungry for wisdom and it might have been better. But wisdom is applied knowledge. So there you go. There you go. There you go. There's the long answer for it. Holy crap. That was a great answer. Uh, I've been asked this question before. (laughs) Yes. um, Yeah. (laughs) What what does Doug mean? Whenever somebody asks me or uh, Doug Mellard about our name, we we don't have anything interesting to say. (laughs) Um, But that was was fascinating. But also, uh, by my count, uh, oldest living... Or uh, I should say, you're the number one living Ungayo. That's a person. <laughs> That's a person. <laughs> right? Yes, I'm day. the most popular living Ungayo. We sound like we're in arbitration for, for my um, Major League Baseball contract. He led left-handed <laughs> shortstops in night games. Well, you know, you said you were three, but then number one is dead. Number two is a place. Yeah. Okay. So I'm the number one. You're the number one living guy and uh, probably should say that on like your license plate frame. So, uh, (laughs) and then, but Belam is, uh, I I don't, I've never known another person with the last name Belam, but also that doesn't feel like it would be an uncommon name. Um, it is it is very uncommon um, unless is? unless you live in Camden, Arkansas, where there are approximately 30 or 40 uh, Belums, because that's where my dad is from. Um, and I'm not quite sure the derivation It may be Welsh. 
maybe have been a Welsh slave owner or a Scots-Irish slave owner back in the day. But there, if you go to Camden, Arkansas, there's a few Belums, but um, and I think there's uh, two in Los Angeles, and then the rest are in Sacramento. Well, sidebar on the on the well when you mentioned Welsh, it made me think of the you know when you, when somebody Welches on something when they sure. Don't. Uh, wh- where did that come from? Because it's not Welsh, it's Welch. It's Welch. C-H. Yes. Any idea where that came from? Why, why that's an expression? Uh, the guy who invented grape juice was notorious for not paying his gambling <laughs> debts. <laughs> the guy who invented grape juice. Yes. <laughs> no. yeah. Or jelly. <laughs> I mean, he probably also invented wine, I would think. He was like, I'm in a jam and I can't pay my debts <laughs> right now. <laughs> Well, that was terrible. <laughs> uh, they can't all be grape people. Some of them. No, are they can't. Jokes. They can't. Uh, you can't always get the crowd stomping. Oh man! Uh, at their approval, they're usually whining about. How they didn't want to get. <laughs> wow! Did you did you ever play the cabaret Sauvignon in uh, Sonoma County? Did they do the uh, the comedy competition there? I think they might have done the comedy competition there once or twice, and they also used yeah. to do like a weekly comedy show for a while too. Yeah, I uh, I was in uh, you know I didn't do very well in the San Francisco comedy competition, but I think that that winery was beautiful, really fun place to do a show. Oh, that was the Winte Winery. That was a different spot. That that oh, was a great was? place. That was a great place to do a show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we did them. Uh, we did a couple at the same time. I did. 90, 91, and 92. Yeah, I only did it once, but it might have been one of those years. Yeah. No, was I have Margaret, a... Was Margaret Cho in, in one of those years? It, she was. I have a picture of all three of us. Well, not a picture, but um, I still have the little newsletter thing that they used to put out. Uh-huh. Uh, that, you know, here's all the comp- competitors for this thing. And I, I still, it's got me, you, Blaine, uh, Margaret. I think Sarah Silverman was in that year, too. Yeah, and that, yeah. like the guy that won that year is very funny, nice guy, but I couldn't tell you his name. He, I don't know what he does today. Uh, if you did it in '90, it was Chris Collins, who is uh, sadly no. no longer with us. No, if I know that. It, in '91, the winner was uh, Dexter Madison. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't in that year, so there was. And I must have been in '92. In '92 was Johnny Steele. Oh. Oh, maybe that guy came in second. Remember, he's like a super I came in second in 92. Well, whatever year I was in, there was a guy that had a super low-key act. It was very low energy, and he wasn't in the week that I was in, but he, he won the whole – I thought he won the whole thing, but I guess I'm remembering it wrong. Tim Wiggins? Yes. Tim How Wiggins was do? hilarious. I don't think he's doing comedy anymore. I think he came in second or third that year. I yeah. think that was definitely 90. That's what I'm saying. Or 91, good, yeah. good for Johnny Steele, though, and uh, <laughs> those other people you mentioned. Um, <laughs> Johnny Steele was a real, real powerhouse. He was a, a high energy comic. Uh, he's yeah. still, they're all still doing comedy. I don't think Tim's still doing comedy, but I think everybody else is still doing comedy. Yeah. Uh, Barry Weintraub, well, T. Marnie Voss. I mean, there's 20, uh, you know, there's like 10 comics or 20 comics each week or something. So there's like yeah. 40 at the beginning and they whittle it down to a winner. They will it down to five for the finals. I was in fifth place going into the last night of the finals and came in strong in, in my hometown of San Francisco to finish in second place. Nice. Um, I was robbed. No, I don't know. <laughs> oh, by Johnny? 
No, personally, yeah, he actually stuck me up for some money. No, what year? Did, what year? Who was the winner of the year you came second? Johnny Steele. Oh, okay. Um, you ever play a character named Doug in anything? Uh, no, I was Sean's friend number one in nine months, and then uh, no, but you know what? I'm going to write a sketch where I play a character named Doug. Have you ever played a character named Ungayo? <laughs> no. <laughs> I no know way. a character name him guy. What, uh, <laughs> what uh, that movie was? I, I every time I catch some of it on cable, I kind of surprised at how wild it is. Um, a, a lot of weird stuff goes on in that movie. But who's who is Sean? Is that supposed? To, is that uh, Hugh Grant? Uh, Jeff Goldblum. Oh, okay. Jeff so Goldblum, Jeff Goldblum at the height of his when he used to be like ripped and take his shirt off whenever he got the chance. Uh, he was he was Hugh Grant's best friend, and he was always very against the idea of Hugh Grant having this baby yes. with some lady. He was the creative artist guy, and he's like, I've been withholding my seed for my girlfriend because she wants a baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, that so was what, the easiest audition I had ever been to in my life. Because what happened? Uh, we're sitting in the room. They're staring at us. Christopher Columbus walks in. Right. He's the director and he looks at everybody and he goes, all right. that's uh, uh, uh. And then he leaves. And then an hour later, uh, the agency calls me and they go, you got the gig. No, just at no you. lines or anything. No, Sean's for number one. I didn't have any lines. I tried oh, to wow. muscle my way into some lines, but they're on the cutting room floor. Uh, but yeah, so who, the, the, who was, was number two? I still get a check. Oh, I still wow. get a check for like 20 bucks every six months. <laughs> There's like, a, I think Chris Columbus kind of got, uh, you know, through his relationship with Robin Williams, had kind of like comedian fever for a little bit. Because I think lots of the small parts in that movie are played by San Francisco comics. Well, lots of San Francisco comics were signed with random talent agencies trying to get into the movies. So whenever they <laughs> came up there, you would see Diane and me and, uh, you know, just random cats all the time. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, my yeah, God, Diane. that's Mike Meehan. Diane Amos is still the Pine Saw Lady, I think. Still the Pine Saw Lady. Not just a meme, but she's still the Pine Saw Lady. How and, uh, crazy is that? Like, what a game. people that become one of the, like, the flow from uh, the insurance, like, that that's just what they are for, like, the rest of their life. I wouldn't I mind being Flo or the Pine Saw Lady or the uh, AT&T girl or whom, whomever she is or, or whatever. The, and then there's that one guy who gets, uh, I mean, he just gets commercial work all the time. I think he's in the latest Taco Bell chicken sandwich commercial. He's in, you know, uh, he was like in a FedEx commercial. He was just like, every time you see that guy, you're like, oh, that's just the commercial guy. You don't really see yeah. him in, in movies or TV, but every 30th commercial, he's showing up for 10 seconds somewhere. Nice it's work if you can strange. get it. It's strange that some people get funneled into like they are very good at commercial like auditions and doing commercials and then they sort of do that and then other actors are, are bad with the commercials but good with uh, you know being in series and movies and stuff. It's uh, it's it's weird. Um, <laughs> Once he starts talking pine saw, he goes rogue. He gets all oh over. my god! <laughs> he gets so excited. So he gets so excited about pine saw. I've got I so love weird. Diane Amos though. By the way, she's the That's one who really helped pine. me get started in comedy. Her and the Butterfly Man. Um, Wait, the Butterfly Man. The Butterfly Man. Robert Nelson, the late great Robert Nelson. He was oh, the wow. Butterfly Man. Um, he uh, was a street performer at Pier Thirty Nine. 
And um, so I used to hang out with them when I worked at Beer 39, I worked t-shirt store. And then I saw these guys juggling and making cash and here I am working for fucking 575 an hour or whatever it was. And I was like, oh shit, I could do that. I, I majored in theater or whatever. And so I that's, learned to juggle that's in like a month and a half. Yeah. So I learned to juggle and I would just, I just went and made friends. I have no problem trying to make friends. And so we hit it off really well. And he let me sit at his house and, and, uh, and smoke his weed and juggle and read all his books about how to have a career as a performer. Well, wow, what if you what really got me started? What would have happened if you were no good at juggling? Or do you think it's really something that someone can just practice enough and force themselves into being good at it? Um, I practiced constantly a lot for, uh, for a month and a half. So I got halfway decent at it. And then, you know, you go to jugglers jams, you hang out with the jugglers and shit and everybody likes to practice. It's very open source. So you can learn it pretty quickly. You just have to put in the work. I mean, I've definitely reached a plateau. Like I still can't juggle five balls and I've been juggling for 30 years, but, and, you know, I go to a juggling convention and at the end of the convention of juggling steadily for a week. I almost pretty much have five balls and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go home and I'm going to practice that shit constantly. And then I go home and I smoke weed and go back to work. And so I don't yeah. pass it. Um, yeah. Cause that's not, you're like, uh, you know, they're not looking for jugglers everywhere all the time. Bruh. I, you know, um, when, when I first started doing comedy, which is easier than street performing because they pay you and, and they <laughs> give you drinks and there's already a crowd. Um, you know, jugglers were kind of frowned upon it, but that's all changing again. We're going back into the variety show era. I think a little bit, people are oh, doing yeah. whatever they can. They're playing their guitar. They're doing their PowerPoint presentations. They're I mean, doing all kind of other shit rather than just standing point. there with the mic. Yeah. Your juggling's going to come back then. It might. Yeah. Um, when I used to do a lot of road, uh, road work and one nighters, I would bring my gear, but I would only use it if the crowd was really, really good or really, really bad. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. If you're a horrible crowd. I'm not fucking talking to you anymore. You can just stare at me throwing at shit for 20 minutes. <laughs> or if you're a good crowd, hey, here's some fun thing, I, something else I can also do. But I mean, to, for me to bring it back, I would have to uh, write a whole new juggling act because all my juggling jokes are stuck in 1991 or whatever. Behind the other back. <laughs> but that could be part of the fun of it, maybe. Is that <laughs> you could say the material that goes with this juggling is from the 90s. And it's like, like a time perfect. capsule. I have yeah. to go backstage and put on my FUBU shirt yeah. and come back with my cross co cross color lots jeans of, on. Lots of music cues. I uh, saw on, uh, on, black uh, people juggle like this. White people juggle like this. <laughs> There's a juggler on uh, AG uh, America's Got Talent um, uh, the other night, and he started off being one of those jugglers. It's like throwing the balls down to the ground, and they bounce up, and he gets a bunch of them going. Yeah, and, you know. They cut to Simon Cowell and he's already bored out of his mind because, you know, there's so many jugglers do that. But then that same guy then started adding all the twists and turns. And then there's like this staircase there. And he did it like while walking up and down a staircase. He had like yeah. five balls going and, and he just did all these different things. And so by the end of it, they were like, oh, my God, you've re you reinvented juggling. They were so excited. So uh, so it worked out for that guy. So I think I think juggling is coming back. Yeah, I mean, it, it never left. It I know so left. many. Well, listen, it here's the can't thing: like, go away. A there's lot always of my, balls laying around. There's, there's always, always balls. balls. <laughs> Do you know how many dudes are in, in gravity? So many balls. <laughs> uh, but I have, I have quite a few homies who you've probably never heard of them, but they make bank on the corporate oh, circuit. Right? Sure. You do the conventions and the business meetings and the Christmas parties. Those guys love a juggler. Um, 
Yeah, that's a whole uh, whole. I mean that that was the thing. I've probably bored people by talking about this in the past on the show, but when I was coming up was as a stand up, and you as well, and Gaia, like the the headliner was a variety act. Fifty percent of the time, there was ventriloquists, there was magicians, there was jugglers, there was hypnotists. Uh, used to sell the fucking place out. Yes, hypnotists yeah. are still people love the hypnotist. There's still a staple at every club you go to. You'll see like for one night or for one weekend, you know, coming up, there'll be like some uh, hypnotist because the girls never get, you know, tired of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, yeah, variety, ventriloquists, uh, prop acts. Like used to be very elaborate prop acts. And now it's just Carrot Top's the only one when you think of props. Carrot Top is still the best one. Yeah, well, is he, you know, he's it. Like, nobody else is traveling around with a box of props. Like, comedians would look at you like you're an asshole if you showed up with a crate full of props. You can't be like the, what was that guy, the the Incredible Wid or whatever? Oh, my God, the Incredible <laughs> Wid. <laughs> but here's the thing, too. One of the reasons I stopped juggling so much in my act is I got tired of checking my torches and hatchets and machetes and shit in my luggage. Oh my God. Right? I just wanted to get on the plane and go to the gig. Right. But you know, yeah. they're not going to let you carry your hatchets on the plane. Yeah. So. It's all that extra business. Like that's why Joel Hodgson came up with uh, mystery science theater. Cause it's, you know, could have all of his wacky inventions and stuff. And he didn't have to like take them from comedy club to comedy club. Cause he, he always, you always hear stories stuff. about the airline losing the prop comics yeah. props and now yeah, he's got to do 40 minutes of what <laughs> imagine yeah. if i had my props right now yeah, yeah. i'll describe them to you <laughs> <laughs> i'm going to show you some pictures i'm a, I'm a propless prop act right um, good luck to us all um well you're doing great so far Gaio. we've got thanks we've got, i really need your approval <laughs> We've got five and five questions. Doug okay. wrote five questions. Other Doug wrote five questions. I don't know which one I was referring to in either case. I was going to ask we, you. We both did it. And we don't know what the other questions are. The other guy is going to ask. We take turns asking the questions. It's called five and five. And we're going to do that right after the break. We'll be right back. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. We are back. We've got, <laughs> we've got, I told you it was a short break. We've got five <laughs> and five questions. Five for... and five. I want to play that game tonight. Okay. Little five and notes. five hollow for notes. sure. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. 
at first I thought you were go- going into five dollar, five dollar <laughs> foot long. Yeah, yeah. That was uh that was my nickname in jail. Five dollar <laughs> foot long. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, okay. <laughs> I only swing like that in prison. Go ahead. <laughs> right. I mean, you don't need to elsewhere, but in prison, you really got to stake your territory. Um, <laughs> Broaden your horizons. Yeah. So we've got five and five questions for you. But first, before we do that, we would like you to eat some leftovers. <laughs> That's right. Last episode. We didn't get to any of our questions for Daniel Van Kirk. You know Daniel? I do know Daniel. I know him better yeah. as uh, Marky Mark Wahlberg. We've chopped sure. it up a couple times. We hung out in Nashville a couple times, and uh, I yeah. think you were there for that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, when are you going so, back to Nashville, take me with you. Oh, okay. I got to remember to uh, do that. Yes. I'll send you a note. <laughs> yeah. Because every once in a while, you'll give me, you'll say, you'll, you'll, you'll name a city and go, hey, if you go there, let me know, and I, I can't keep track. Yeah, because uh, you have different cities to be like. I'm not um, gonna lie, I low key cyberstalk some of my more famous friends, and when I see them in a town <laughs> I want to visit, I'm like, hey, do you need some help in, in Memphis? <laughs> Looks like you're gonna be in Portland. I love Portland. What's what's going on? <laughs> let me just come yeah. up and hang out. Yeah, that's a good, it's a good system. It works. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, but anyway, so the point is, we would just like you, if you don't mind, we, we wrote these questions for Daniel, but we'd like to just ask you uh, before we get to your questions, it's just, sure. to, just to get him out of the way. Get the I will do Daniel on. Kirk's leftovers. Let's go. Yeah, Daniel Van Kirk. Perfect. Of His course. Sloppy he, seconds, that's kind of weird, as, but I'm in. As you mentioned, he played... Uh, he played uh, Mark Wahlberg in many episodes of uh, Douglas Movies and other podcasts. Um, so let's go ahead, Doug. You got your first question ready? Got it. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Question one for Daniel Van Kirk. Steven Seagal versus Mark Wahlberg in a fight in their prime. Who wins? I give it to Steven Seagal because oh. – uh, uh, well, yeah, I mean, yes. In their prime, I think Steven Seagal's, I, like, I can't speak on the quality of his movies, but the quality of his Aikido in those movies was actually pretty good. So especially I think if it's a, a stick fight, if it's some sort of artist or Philippine stick fighting contest, I think Steven Seagal will win. And I would definitely want them to fight with sticks more than I would want to see them fight barehanded. So no, what about no sticks? Still, still Steven Seagal. I think Marky Mark's technique is all aggression. Um, and I don't think that he could handle the smooth technical brilliance of Steven Seagal's Aikido. <laughs> oh man. I always think smooth when I think Steven Seagal. Uh, well, it's not just his slick back hair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Daniel or, or has played, uh, Daniel's played uh, that both of those guys, Steven I figured as much. And, and Mark. And uh, so then he would have some, maybe some extra. I was going to try to do an impression of either of those guys, win. but no, I only do <laughs> a bad Sean Connery. That's the only impression I have. Uh, Junior. Okay, I, I'm going to try to do a Steven Seagal. Here we go. Look good. Feel good. All right. So. Um, <laughs> Not bad. 
Yeah, but so I, okay, I you know I also think if I can if you don't mind me chiming in on this one, I feel like Marky Mark uh, is certainly in good shape. Yeah, but I don't think he has a discipline. I think that he has uh, to look. He has to have abs and stuff for his movie roles. But that I think he just said his workouts, I feel like they're more generic and less specific. So I agree with Ungayo's assessment that uh, Seagal's probably got more, he's bringing more skill to the table rather than just, you know, physical strength. Rather than just South Boston uh, racist inspired hate. Right. Yes. Yeah. I, I think, I believe you said it came from rage. That's a good way to sum it up. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he doesn't have rage in his heart. Like to entire... defeat your opponent, you must understand and love your opponent. Yes, and that is not the Wahlberg way. No. Wahlberg, Wahlberg way is to eat your opponent. Yes. Spit them out and call it a Wahlberger. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's my first question that was intended for Daniel Van Kirk. Daniel. My brother, you're older than me. Do you still feel the pain of the scars that won't heal? I would like to say uh, I can see Daniel waving goodbye. <laughs> and it looks like Daniel, but it must it be does. the clouds in my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> These, the lyrics of this song are so like, I, it's like he's constantly going, I, but I take that back. But I didn't mean- <laughs> I didn't mean that. Um, there's a few. There's a few Elton John songs like that where I'm just like, why didn't Elton say to the lyricist Bernie Taupin, "Hey, do, could you do another draft of this? Because this one you say uh, that you don't. Uh, oh, better yet, never mind. In the middle of a song, why not? Anyway, say, say what I really mean. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I okay, but that was a that was a terrific answer. You know, you're Elton John. If I was a poet. <laughs> then then again, again, no, no, yeah, yeah. it's your fucking song. That just <laughs> Why are you second guessing yourself in the middle of a song that's going to be recorded? <laughs> You're like, have a point of view and stick with it, man. Was he it's not like, feeling it in the booth that day? And then they just, that was the recording they went with. Okay, great. Well, then it seems like an executive would be like, Hey buddy, let's, let's finish this, this song. It seems like somebody yeah. would catch this. It's some somebody in the line. Yeah. There's no reason to just be spitballing during a song. Uh, okay. You're up now, Doug. I'm going to, while you ask guy this next question in honor of him, I am going to take a bong rip. Oh, I appreciate that. That's very sweet of you. I, you know, <laughs> I try to try to do everything I can for you and the cause. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go, ahead, go ahead, Doug. Kind of a trivia question for Daniel because he grew Ooh. up in Illinois. What and he, maybe you'll know this. What is the state bird of Illinois? <gasps> Any idea? The fried oh, chicken? Question. No, that's Tennessee. <laughs> uh, the state bird of Illinois. How amazing would that be if fried chicken was someplace? <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm surprised it's not the state bird of Georgia. Uh, um, the state bird of Illinois would be the gross hawk. <laughs> uh, close. The northern cardinal. I oh, know. of course. The northern cardinal. What What else did you think it would be? What's it? It is. 
that is interesting that that's like kind of a Catholic sounding thing. Right. And what's the northern? I've never heard of a specific directional bird, I guess. What, what's the California well, state bird? I don't know that. I don't know, I don't know but it makes sense. I mean, St. Oh no, Louis is in Missouri. I was going to say St. Louis is the Cardinals, but I think they're the red cardinal. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I know well, the state so, bird of California. What is that? The what quail. is it? It's the it's quail. It's either the quail or the pheasant. It's the quail. Oh, it's the poppy. Kind of it's the stupid. quail. What? I don't even understand how the state things get like. Listen, when they get picked. <laughs> if we had listened to Ben Franklin, the turkey would be oh, the, the symbol bird. of America and not oh. the the eagle. Why do you think that was? He just thought the turkey was uh, like something you could catch and eat, so therefore it's more important. To he thought it was more, more, uh, more generous, more important, and uh, and you know he wasn't just all about oh my god the eagle. I used to have a whole joke about how the founding fathers were stoners, right? <laughs> so it's like you know Ben the eagle flies graceful, free and majestic above the clouds, and Ben is like, but you could eat a turkey, bro. John Hancock, I'll sign for that, man. I'm fucking starving. So. <laughs> But no one gets like it's so weird because and it, I don't I don't know if it's a dumbing down of America thing, but no one gets my founding fathers jokes anymore. No one knows about John Hancock's giant fucking signature. No one knows any wow, of that stuff. Really? And so you try to do that joke and they don't have a reference for it. People are like, what? John Hancock? I don't know what you mean. I'm so, so confused. They don't have Schoolhouse Rock anymore. It's definitely the dumbing down of America for sure. There's no It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. <laughs> Man, you'd think they would know. That's that's really. You think they'd know Ben Franklin and John Hancock for crying out loud? Right, right. Yeah. No, that's to get the to say amazing. Cock really loud on stage, but I don't. <laughs> that's the amazing thing about our country is that to get to enter our country, that you have to study American history so much harder than you do to right. live in it. You know, and so the so immigrants know so much more about uh, all this stuff than uh, you know than people. You know, we're born here now uh, on, on average. You know, obviously, there's some very educated people that aren't immigrants, but it's still just, it just uh, baffles me how the people that are anti immigration also, they will not, they, you're right, they do not know who John Hancock is, uh, except for maybe what is, is an insurance company now or something. Yeah. <laughs> do they, they don't even do, put your John Hancock on a John Hancock. They don't even have those commercials anymore. Yeah, I just think singing cock has really gone out of fashion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> now it's just all dick. She put my dick in her mouth. When I'm a TikTok song, let's bust it rhymes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What, Are there more questions question? for Daniel Van Kirk, or do we have yeah, some no, guy we, we got ten questions for him. Did, oh, he didn't do to, any of his questions. We didn't get to any of his questions. Like that's wow. how much we, we talked about other stuff. Um, Is this like a running theme? So next week you'd you'd be like, we didn't have a chance to ask Ungayo his questions. So here are the <laughs> questions for Ungayo. Well, we're going to try to get to your questions, but right. we got we still got faster. so many of these to get through. I, it, you're doing great. This is it's, you know it's all just about having a fun conversation. But just for the record, Doug, what was that last question you just asked? What was the state bird of Illinois? Oh yeah, state bird. the northern cardinal. Yeah, we're all yeah. learning. I that I definitely want to you know know that from now on. <laughs> 
I don't want to just let that one slide because I, you know, I feel like it might come up on Jeopardy, and then I, I can impress whoever else is sitting in the room right. watching it. I'll take State Birds for eight hundred, Lavar. State Bird yeah. in Texas is Mockingbird, and it's the worst bird. They're horrible birds. They're evil. I don't know how they. they there's, uh, a lot of, there's a lot of bad birds out there. They'll too. kill your children and put their egg in your nest, right? Are those yep. the mockingbirds? Yep, yeah. sure is. Yeah, it's Texas what? though, I guess. <laughs> um okay number, here's my what number two right yeah for you yeah number two for me this is uh dan van kirk you did a voice on the show central park i did uh-huh on apple tv uh it's you know a spin-off not a spin-off but it's from the makers of bob's burgers and you played a character named gooch yeah please please explain uh well the gooch is the female version of a taint and so <laughs> in this family musical animated show you <laughs> you played a singing lady taint yes <laughs> and i was very good at it <laughs> I mean, I, I would suppose you'd have to be for it to be you, you a, a real thing. Like to be really a singing happened. lady taint, you have to do it without moving your lips. Um, <laughs> I really would like to go back to more grape puns, if that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pino. I think Dan did tell me what this Gooch thing was all about, but I, I forgot. So it would have been a good question for him, but none of us know the answer really. Yeah. There, there are lots of people whose nicknames are Gooch. Yeah. It seems like a, a go-to kind of nickname for people yeah. that are, are not aware of how bad something can, can sound, even if it's not specifically a terrible no. thing to call somebody. No, but the Gooch <laughs> and the taint are synonymous. Wrong. <laughs> what gooch gooch and taint are synonymous actually yeah but just gooch just sounds like it's just uh it's just unpleasant to me for some reason i got him right in the gooch <laughs> well that's a little better gooch <laughs> gooch that's when you goose someone in the gooch <laughs> uh question gooch number gooshy gooshy question number three from doug mellard goes like this in the chicken sandwich wars that are currently going on. Oh, this man. is great. Who doesn't have an opinion about this? <laughs> oh, uh, I got to say that I think Popeye's is winning the chicken sandwich war. I haven't had the new Burger King chicken sandwich. I generally, uh, Burger King is not my go-to fast food. Right. Um, I'm Popeye's and McDonald's, although I don't like the McDonald's chicken sandwich. So I'm going to go with Popeye's. Although I do like the kfc little kernels or whatever they're called like the little yeah. tiny chicken sandwiches with the honey barbecue sauce and whatnot those are good oh yeah and did you oh. say earlier that taco bell is in on this now well they they entered the chicken sandwich wars with a chicken taco or a chicken uh, chalupa uh, the burger king one is just kind of eh it's there they're all mostly all just kind of eh. these guys uh mistake uh, juiciness for mayonnaise. And so they just glop the sauce on it, uh, yeah. hoping that you'll forget how dry their meat is. And that's not how it works. What about 
does anybody, uh, did any of the fast food places yet have any of them emerged ahead of the pack when it comes to like beyond or, or impossible burgers? I, you know, I can't say that I fuck with any of the fake meats like that. Um, uh, my next big fast food adventure will be to try the thighs from Wingstop. Oh. Wingstop and Rick Ross are into thighs now because there's a wing shortage because everybody and their mother has opened a wing restaurant and there's only two wings on a chicken. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> well, there's only two thighs as well, right? Right, but no one's opening a nobody thigh restaurant. Them. Yeah, nobody wants them. If I opened a thigh restaurant, it would be never mind. Anyway. <laughs> I you know, I that's the thing about chicken to me, is like, you know, if you're eating it off the bone, like obviously like a chicken wing is like just, you know, it's just handier. But it all tastes great and it's like you know, it's just, it's just a matter of different shapes and stuff. Sure, sure. Thighs are probably my favorite part of the chicken, uh, the darker meat. And also, it's virtually impossible to overcook a thigh, so you can go hard. It's impossible to overcook it? Virtually. It's a juicy cut of meat. It's really like <laughs> you can dry out a breast pretty quick, but uh, the thighs stay juicy. They're very versatile. All right, I'm just writing that down. <laughs> if you yeah. want a good uh, chicken thigh sandwich, uh, Pine State Biscuits in in Portland, oh, Oregon. Yeah, that was yeah. so good. That's oh, a good sandwich. God. That's a good sandwich. I wasn't hungry, but now I'm starving. So Dude, good. I used to go to Pine State Biscuits so much that they thought I lived in Portland. Because <laughs> every time I was near it or driving through, I was like, I'm stopping Pine State Biscuits and get me a money ball. And uh, sometimes two money balls, sometimes a money ball and then an extra biscuit. And they're like, man, good to see you again. Are you in town, telling, you in town telling jokes? No, proceeding with it. No, they're like, were you on vacation? I was like, I don't fucking live here. I just like your biscuits. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, I think it's Doug's turn. No, no, it's up to you. I asked the chicken sandwich wars. It's your, your so it's Doug's turn. It is oh, Doug's yeah, yeah. turn. I was right. <laughs> you were. You were right. I was right. Uh, Doug wants to know. You did the voice. Uh, you did a voice on the show Bob's Burgers of a character named Flips White Fudge. Flips White Fudge? Yeah. Please yeah. explain. Um, first of all, I would like to say that I'm uh, very fortunate to be getting all this work, and I'd like to thank my agent for hooking me up. Uh, Flips White Fudge was the name of the character. I yeah. think it's I think it's self-explanatory. Clearly, yeah, I think it is. Clearly, someone is. who uh, buys and sells uh, chocolaterias for money, you know, buy low, sell high. Yeah. Yeah. Flips, white fudge. Yeah. That's the, that's the best I can do on short notice. Yeah. So, I don't know why I don't know why Dan gets these crazy character names. I don't know what kind of insane voices he's doing. What would uh, Flips White Fudge sound like? Does anyone know? I, I that's what I don't I don't even know what ethnicity or he probably I, sounds I, like Mark Wahlberg. It tells me nothing about the character that is that he's got such a crazy name other than like you said, what he does for a living, which again is weird. Cause how would you know, you know, how at birth would you be given a name? That's exactly what your profession's going to be. Well, uh, maybe his, his dad started the business. 
Right. And right? flips like could if, also be. If your last name is Fletcher, one of your ancestors probably made arrows. Yeah. And flips is probably a nickname anyway. Probably right, came probably. along late. Probably came along later. He's probably William White Fudge. Right. Cash White Fudge. <laughs> <laughs> You don't hear enough of somebody having a nickname sounding name and they swap it out for another nickname sounding name. <laughs> <laughs> Usually it's the boring name gets, gets, uh, gets an upgrade to the nickname. Um, all right. It's now it's your turn, Doug. All right. Who in their prime Steven Seagal's music versus Mark Wahlberg's music. <laughs> <laughs> Can you feel it, baby? Feel it, feel it. You have to go Mark Wahlberg. I can't say I've ever heard any of Stephen Seagal's. Does he even put out any music? It is a treat. You should check it out. I will. You're done. Look it up as soon as we get off the uh, Zoom here. I picture him playing a flute for some reason. I'm sure it's in there, but like, check out him. He has music videos. Like a pan flute, you know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He plays guitar. It's a whole thing. It's. It's something you should really, it's entertainment. For I sure. bet he still has a waterbed. <laughs> oh, un, un, yes, absolutely. There's no, no way he doesn't. But he'll never see a dime in residuals for any of his music. Yeah. Whereas Mark Wahlberg has that good vibration song is going to kick him a little cash for the rest of his days. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, Seagal's got his waterbed and he pulls out his guitar and he definitely like tries to seduce uh, his, his lady friends with his. Sorry, I can't take it. Wow, I thought, I thought like a taxi was driving by. Songs from the Crystal Cave was his 2004 uh, album. That was Seagal? Yeah, yeah. That, that was 2017 wow. album is called uh, any great warrior is also a scholar and a poet <laughs> and an artist. Steven oh. Seagal. Right. Don't do that to us again. That was a four song EP. <laughs> I bet he makes a good chicken sandwich. You think? <laughs> yeah, no, he just. That's that's the only exercise he gets is catching chickens and eating. Here's the thing. <laughs> so I just looked it up on Spotify, and Spotify is like fans also like Bruce Willis, yeah. Kiefer Sutherland, yeah, <laughs> Kevin Costner, and Modern West. This is people who you know, these are people who admire uh, actors for singing, like and, uh, and oddly Soulfly, which is the old Sepultura spinoff band. Huh. That's a weird that's a weird algorithm. <laughs> uh, oh, Steven, we hardly knew you. <laughs> I'm not All right. Well, you know that we got we didn't get through Dan's questions, but he also didn't uh, he didn't play any songs. You know, he uh, he answered the questions um, without musical accompaniment. He's on a podcast called Dumb People Town. Have you heard of that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, with the Sklar brothers. With the Sklar so brothers. Wanted, yeah, so I wanted to ask Dan, I wanted to get his opinion. Uh, who's dumber, Jason or Randy? <laughs> uh, they're both pretty dumb. Um, no, they're actually both really, really smart. I don't know. who's Which one right? has the beard? Like, could one of them be slightly less smart than the other, or twins have the same IQ? 
Listen, they were on uh, NPR together, so um, there was some debate on whether or not they had been switched at birth, but I think they figured it out. Yeah. So Randy could actually be Jason and Jason could actually be Randy. Right, but then what would that be? Uh, A sclerable mistake. It wouldn't matter. (laughs) I mean, in my life, if they switched and didn't tell me, it wouldn't, my life wouldn't change at all. No, Uh, you'd still be Doug Benson. Because I always see them together. I never see them separately. And they're always always really cool and fun. Uh, Yeah, I've never, I mean, maybe back in the day, once or twice, I'd see one of them without the other. I think one of them did a Douglas Movies without the other or a uh, At Midnight. But I I don't remember specifically. But yeah, so I just always think they're always a package deal to me and, and, and a great package at that. Um, we're gonna get. We're gonna do this. We're gonna get to your questions, and guy. Go All ahead. Right. Uh, go ahead, Doug. Question five from Doug Miller. All right. I must have been high when I wrote this. This feels like a high question. What do you think the inside of the Trojan horse smelled like? <laughs> uh, Roman ass <laughs> or Greek Greek ass and metal. Yeah, and that's. That's a very good point. Like, when here's you the say, thing: what does something? What does it smell like? Are you saying when it was empty before the all the soldiers got in it, or no, I while think when the they soldiers were, all, were in it, or when they once they'd left? Either, either while they were in it or once they left. I the, bet it smelled worse once they all jumped out because everybody let go of all the farts they were holding in, <laughs> so as not to make any noise. Yeah, it's like when you're walking off a plane. That's when you let let some of yeah. the good ones go. Yeah, going home <laughs> after the first date. <laughs> that's an old mike me joke uh good luck to all the couples here on a first date fart hold <laughs> that guy's funny <laughs> i mean i'm not just saying because of that specific thing i know he's just funny in general he's a funny i always dude. loved watching that guy i mean he was really inspirational in terms of how like crazy you can act on stage in the audience surreal yeah. Surreal. Him and Steve Martin remind me that I can be a tad surreal and absurd on stage, and it's hilarious. Yeah, and uh, what about uh, uh, Bob Rubin? Bob Rubin! Lighten up, everybody! <laughs> the old Rube's here. Oh, you know who was in uh, the year that I did the San Francisco Congress co- co- competition that I always thought was hilarious and he bombed every night was Peter... Galky? Galky. Peter Galky's hilarious. My so ex-wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, uh, Dita, she she thought Peter was the funniest guy in the world. So funny, but like the crowds just did not, whatever reason, he <laughs> they did not do his brand of wackiness, but he is a funny dude. Oh my God. He's like, you know, <laughs> he, he, has things that I, he has things that I just say in my daily life all the time, you know, like, I'm going to live forever. So far, so good. <laughs> you know, just, just <laughs> got fired from my job at the bank. I was making thousands a day. <laughs> uh, he and uh, Fred Wolf made that movie about the uh, underwater. Uh, what was it called? Natural creatures or something. But anyways, a comedy with Steve Zahn where they have lots of wacky voiceovers during uh nature footage oh that um, sounds good 
Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's a fun movie, but I, I just always wonder what that guy's up to because I always thought he was so funny and his style was so was so weird Like because he screamed most of his jokes. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, question number uh, five from uh, Doug got no definitive. Oh, wait, what was the answer? Uh, met, what was it? Ass and metal? Yes. Oh, yeah. That's it. Ass and metal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> which is my new uh goth porn series go ahead <laughs> this one's crazy dan is in something uh according to imdb called the blade runner holiday special <laughs> <laughs> i'm surprised you weren't in that doug well that's the thing i'm yeah i'm just kind of shocked to be hearing about it because it's obviously it's already exists and uh, so i'm sad i wasn't asked to participate could I could have walked by in the background, just like in the movie. But uh, yeah, I guess it's a parody of, I assume it's a parody of the Star Wars holiday special. Sure. And the joke would be that everybody in Blade Runner is so dour and depressing and sad that it, it'd just be a terrible holiday special. Yeah. Cheer up. Time to die. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, and now Roy Batty with a poem and he's just sitting there getting rained on and blood dripping out of him and he's... <laughs> tells his last little speech before he dies. Um, I can't believe we did it. We got through all 10 questions for uh, Dan Van Kirk and right, right on the money in terms of we're out of time. We got through all. I told you, I told you. We do not have time for yours, (laughs) but we do have time for you to plug whatever you want. Okay. Let's see. Uh, This comes out tonight. So, um saturday i will be in santa cruz that's saturday the 24th and then uh the week after uh the 29th through the 31st i will be at good nights in raleigh north carolina with my good friend uh brian posein and then um in mid-september i will be in berlin uh good lord willing and the covid don't rise at the international cannabis business conference series you can follow me on all the social medias ngaio420 on your instagram and your twitter and then on the tiktok you have to spell out the 420 because tiktok hates weed <laughs> so what do you do you can only exhale on tiktok or, or or you can't show any smoke at all i don't think you can show any smoke you can't even uh they, they won't let you post like hashtag 420 people have gotten around it um they use o-u-i apostrophe d yeah, French pronunciation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to post their weed things. <laughs> um, it's so bizarre and weird. And I, I really don't use TikTok as much because of it, but I think I'm going to start getting into Instagram reels. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. Those are fun. Yeah. Yeah. You can so just that's where I'm at. so many things. You can do add so many things to them, like music and. Yeah, we should do some we should do some bong hit duets on Instagram oh reels, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> Doug Mallard, what do you have to plug? Uh, Next Friday, July 30th, I will be at Secret Group in Houston, Texas. And then the next Thursday, August 5th, I'll be doing my monthly show in Austin at Buzz Mill with my good pal Mike Wiebe. And then uh, I'll pass it on to you for another special show, possibly. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, you will be joining me in San Antonio at LOL Comedy Club on, yeah. on August, what is it, 7 and 8? Is that it? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. That'll be fun. I love that club. Have a great time, yeah. guys. 
Yeah, that's a good spot. And we're doing a Douglas movies one day and a stand-up show the next day. Both Sweet. 420. We've also got one coming up, uh, Douglas movies at the San Diego uh, club called American Comedy Company. That's on July 31st. Nice. Yeah. Um, what should we call this episode? Ooh. I'm not Daniel Van Kirk. <laughs> well, that's, you know, that every episode could be called that except for one. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I just have round on both sides and high in the middle. Ungayo. I just have a, I just have a blank space here with just written uh, clever ass Doug pun here. Ah. So we, ah. we always do a different kind of Doug pun, but usually it's something relating to the guest. Sex, Doug's uh, and violence. Or sex, dugs, and rock and roll. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like that. Sex, dugs, and rock and roll with Ungayo. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> right? I got two albums out. One is called Weed and Sex. The other one's called Weedier and Sexier. So there you go. Yeah, that's perfect. Uh, for all of my dates and deets, go to douglovesmovies.com. Definitely come out to see me and Doug Mellard. We're going to try to, for the stand-up show, I'll, I'll, get, I'll mention it on the next episode of this show, whether I got it passed through or not, but I'm going to try to make some sort of deal for anybody that can prove their name is Doug. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping for free admission. I think that, because how many Dougs with ID are going to show up, you know? That's a good question. In San Antonio. Um, so anyway, I'll run it by that club and then I'll make it official later. Thank you again to Ngayo Bilam. Yeah, thanks, man. My pleasure. Awesome Thank guest. you, Doug. Awesome guest. Can't wait to ask our next guest all of our Ngaiobelum questions. And uh, <laughs> as always, I'm going to tune in because I want to hear these questions. Right? That's <laughs> It's just basically a way we get people to listen to the next episode. <laughs> uh, as always, sex, Dougs, and rock and roll. There you go. Got it.